Hey everybody, it's Eric Kasloff. Now, you know on the Something Something podcast, we love the yuck yucks. And on the Smells Like Teen Horror YouTube channel, we love the yuck yucks. But at a point in this episode, my new friend Elizabeth mentions an abusive marriage that she was in. Now, just so you know, trigger warning in case that messes with you. I don't remember the exact timestamp that that happens, but I just wanted to come on here and tell you where you can go to get help. Now, if you're watching in on YouTube, you see the phone number right now for the Domestic Violence Helpline. Now, if you're listening on the Something Something podcast, I'm going to give you the phone number right now. And it is 1-800-799-7233. That number again, 1-800-799-7233. Again, remember, there is help for you. You are special. You are amazing. There are people who care for you and want to help you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff. With me, as always, is Larry Sands. Party on, Larry. What up, dude? Party on, Eric. Party on. How are you? I am doing very good, Larry. We're recording this on a Saturday. Yes. And I've done something I normally don't like doing. I'm kind of taking the day off from a little bit of work. What? Yeah, I did not edit this morning or do any writing. I'm going to do that this afternoon. So you didn't wake up at six? Oh, I did. I woke up at seven. So <laughs> yeah, and I just stood in bed for a while. Then yes. I got up. I watched the ending of Avengers Endgame because that always cheers me up. Yes. Then, That's a bunch, good. then to get ready for the show, a lot of because today's show we're gonna be talking about nostalgic stuff. Shocking for us. Right. I watched I watched a lot of 90s TV commercials on YouTube, oddly enough. <laughs> hey, so that's Larry, awesome. That's good. Um, you um of course no one can see this on the podcast, but you are wearing a very cool cap right now, and there's stuff on your Instagram. Yes. So please talk about um, your cap because it sounds like a pretty cool thing. Yes. Well, I'm I'm working with uh, a company called Directional Force, and they put out a, a special Save Our Allies hat, which you can go to Directional Force right now and get it. Proceeds of the hat, the sales of the hat goes to Save Our Allies, and Save Our Allies are. Um, are a group of American citizens who go into conflict zones um, and they save American citizens, permanent resident residents, and they, they bring them home. Uh, actually, as a matter of fact, they're, they're in uh, the Ukraine right now. Um, and they saved the uh, Fox reporter um, when he got injured. Um, not too long ago. Wow. So they were they were a big part of that. So yes, this is my new favorite hat. If you're checking out Instagram and you run by me and my mug with my favorite hat, that's what it is. It's the uh, Save Our Allies hat. See, showing and, uh, can... the difference between us because my favorite cap is my Camp Crystal Lake cap <laughs> or the, um. oh my God, the one I got in Texas when we were filming from the, the cowboy hat. Place. No, the burger place one from. Oh, yeah. From Austin. Yeah. Oh, my God. From my favorite movie. Oh, oh my God. What's your favorite? <laughs> from Dazed and Confused, the burger place. I cried while we were there because it yeah. so much. You were, as you were eating your burger, you were crying. Yeah, it's easy for me to cry. It'll it'll <laughs> pop up some in my head later. But Larry, um, I am a very nostalgic person. No, kind no, of. Me, not a, yeah, me. And only, only in days that end in Y. Exactly. But the weird thing with me is I am way more nostalgic about the 90s than the 80s, even yeah. though I made a movie <laughs> set in the 80s. But my jam is 90s horror in particular. Um, And Dawson's I, Creek. 
Yeah, Dawson's Creek is the reason I became a filmmaker. I make no bits or bones about that. That's awesome. When I saw Scream 2022 and the episode The Scare from Dawson's Creek popped up, I was screaming like a little kid inside going, oh my God, oh my God. But um, one of the things that fix my nostalgia craving is YouTube and Instagram because I can go on there and find other people who dig R.L. Stein novels, not just Goosebumps, Fear Street, but with me, even more, the earlier stuff, the point horror, like my all-time favorite book is Twisted by R.L. Stein. I tell people it's The Outsiders because I don't want to be judged, but really it's a R.L. Stein novel. And Three of the guests we have on today have <clears throat> two have very cool YouTube channels. The other has an Instagram page that's awesome. Now, normally I don't do things like this, like, but I wanted, I picked these three also because they're three um, female creators and uh, not enough attention goes towards that because people always like to say, oh, that's a girl's thing or that's a boy's thing. Like yeah. I always say, there is no such thing as a girl's thing or a boy's thing, except for a 1996 um, Volkswagen Rabbit. That is a girl's car. <laughs> so the three guests we have on right now that I'm going to introduce, first is Slimes and Slashers. We have Kelsey. How's it going, Kelsey? Hi, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Great to have you. Then from Instagram, we have Ty, who is the librarian at the Shadyside Public Library. How's it going, Ty? It's going pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show today. So how many teenagers have died in Shadyside this week? Oh, you know, who can really say? It's there's no count. Now, do their, do their late fees continue over after they die or do you wipe the slate clean after they die? No, it's an ongoing family debt, okay, kind of like, right. you know, the curse of the fears. You, you okay. got to. You got to keep it going. we have Elizabeth. Um, her channel is named after her. Links will all be in the description. How's it going, Elizabeth? Going great. Thanks, Eric. Great to be here. It is such an honor to have all of you on because I've been watching, you know, your stuff for so long and now getting to meet you. It's a little surreal, you know, it's like, wow, I'm actually, I've watched their lives and now getting to interact with them. So um, let's start from like, from Kelsey tied then to Elizabeth. What got you into starting your YouTube channel? What Ty will ask you about your Instagram and then, you know, go on. So Kelsey, start us off. Well, mine's kind of like a journey, like, you know, kind of like morphine from one thing to another. Funnily enough, I like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I've the one thing that's been consistent my whole life that I've loved is 90s nostalgia. I was nostalgic for the 90s in 2000, the year 2000. <laughs> I, that's not an exaggeration. I know for sure I've got pictures of a like memory 90s party that I had in 2001 or 2002. Jeez. That's hilarious. That's, I was nostalgic even back then, and it was only over for like a few years by that point. But <laughs> I've always loved the 90s. I've always wanted to keep like my toys and, you know, memorabilia from that age. So I have a lot of stuff from when I grew up. But, you know, a couple of years ago, I got into wrestling a lot. Nice. I didn't like it as a kid. I liked it like about five or six years ago. But I went back and watched older wrestling. And I said, I don't want to just watch it. I really want to kind of connect with a community. So I was like, maybe I should start a YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel actually started off being a wrestling YouTube channel. So I launched it and then I actually got uh, connections with some other wrestling websites and I started working for them. So a lot of my wrestling content isn't really on my channel anymore. A lot of it's on other channels, but to kind of bounce off what you were saying, I did that for a while and I still watch wrestling casually, but my fandom isn't as strong and hardcore as it was a couple of years ago. I mean, I was into everything. I was into PWG. I awesome. was into New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, I was there for the birth of AEW. I was there from the very beginning. I loved ROH. ROH was like my favorite, you know, promotion back That's in the day. Cool. 
so I watched WWE, but only because I had to, because I had a podcast yeah. <laughs> and a channel. <laughs> you Other sound like you, you sound like Eric. You're like, and he rattles off all of it, and then goes, "Oh yeah, WWE. Yeah, let's move on." Yeah, so, yeah I mean, I don't even watch cool. that anymore, but I do watch AEW casually. It's but in three years since I watched Raw or SmackDown since AEW started, totally understandable. It's yeah. very slow and just not as much creativity. It's very dry and formulaic, really. Yeah. But, you know, I tried for a couple of years, but it was just kind of um, weighing on me to kind of connect back with what you guys were saying about, you know, women creators. Trying to be a woman covering wrestling is very, very difficult. And there was a lot of roadblocks and obstacles and stuff, and it just got really frustrating. And I actually started to work for a wrestling company and they were like, oh, we will pay you this amount per month. And, um, you know, you'll do this many videos and we'll send you off to conventions. And they did it first and they paid me mm. well. But then like a month in, they're like, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. Mm. Like, um, maybe we should just have you go to the conventions instead of doing like an every monthly thing. And I said, are you kidding me? Like, I asked you if you were sure about this. I like lowered my hours at work and my real life job for this. Right. So that was like the last straw. I was like, I'm out of wrestling. Like, I can't do it anymore. It like killed everything. Man. So I kind of started to think about taking a break, took a break, but then I started to get that creative itch again. And I was like, what could I do? What could I do? I had just gotten into reading when I was taking that break. I wasn't a big reader growing up, but I was a big movie buff. But like, you know, I discovered a love of reading and I finally found out what I like to read was horror and also nostalgic horror as well. So I just like really dove in head first and I said, maybe I should start my channel back up. And just rebrand everything. Yeah. And so now we're here. That's nice. I just, you know, horror and nostalgia. That's kind of what I concentrate on now. And it's a lot more positive and the community is amazing. And it's just been a blessing, especially with the experiences I had. I'm not bashing wrestling communities because Eric, I know you're like a huge fan and all like yeah. wrestling community. I met so many great people and wonderful people. Oh, it's super it's toxic. It's it can so be yes. toxic and yeah. tribalism runs so deep deep in it and just if there's someone who only watches wwe they're hated so much for liking something that you don't like it's like you're not a real wrestling fan if you only watch wwe yeah wait a minute are we talking about wrestling or twitter no, i'm kidding <laughs> no it's like twitter yeah like yeah. it is like a like a very concentrated form kind of like twitter oh, it's man. very you know factionated and oh that's not even a word but i'm making it a word it is it's, now <laughs> all words are made up but that's you know right. it's just this is such a a loving community and i have not run into some of the things that i ran into with covering wrestling and trying to make it in wrestling and like i said there's some great people with wrestling and i'm still friends with a lot of great people who i'm so fortunate to have met through that yeah. it's just that the horror community i have not had like any bad experiences i mean cool. i've met so many wonderful people like you know elizabeth who's with us today i love her channel and like i feel like she's a, like a friend like it's just so cool to make new friends cool. and shady side public library ty i just like just discovered her recently but her account is freaking awesome yeah so i don't know it's just like I'm overwhelmed by the community. I think that is the greatest part of having a YouTube channel right now. So Ty, tell us about yourself. Um, to answer your question, what basically got me to start my Instagram account, I was working at a bookstore um, and I kind of gotten out of reading um, throughout middle school and high school. Like I was there checking seven books out at a time at the library, like reason through them. And I just got away from it and working at the bookstore definitely like brought me back to it. And the first book I like picked up there and was like, I need this book was My Best Friend's Exorcism. <laughs> That's like what fueled me to start getting into horror books that weren't R.L. Stein because it had been since my middle school or like even younger than that since I picked up a horror book. And at most, it was a, like only ever Point Horror or Fear Street. Um, so yeah, My Best Friend's Exorcism um, really got me into reading horror. And I found myself like looking for more modern horror book recommendations and got, got on Book Talk um, and Horror Book Talk. And then I was like, maybe I should start an Instagram because I started like collecting horror, you know, figures and stuff like that and just wanting to reach out and share that. 
And then I found that there was a community with Fear Street. And like Fear Street for me, I think the first book actually, those of you who can't see, this thing is holding on by <laughs> a thread. <This laughs> my original copy, the first, first horror book I ever picked up was wow. Beach House by R.L. Stein. And I read that thing That's religiously. So wow. Yeah. Um, so I just remember the days of like being on the floor of a library with like piles of Fear Street around me, just like going through them. Wow. Um, I think for a lot of people, a lot of kids, that's like their first kind of touching base with high school life and like adulthood or what we think it is. And it's very like romanticized and kind of like, ooh, hush, hush. Like you feel like you're reading something forbidden, you know? Um, and I think it's like a really good access point for a lot of kids. Um, so when I started my Instagram, finding that community, like Kelsey said, everyone's super nice, super supportive. And you just have a community of people who want to see you grow as a person, who want to see you grow in your collection, who like genuinely want to hear about what you're reading. And that's such a nice feeling, especially if you've never found that in people around you. So yeah, that's why I started my Instagram. Awesome. Elizabeth? Um, so my channel started back in July of 2020. And basically, like we were in the pandemic and I needed a hobby. And I was like, I see all of these wonderful kind of spooky channels out there. Um, mine actually started as a spooky lifestyle channel. So I did like Halloween decor hunting, clothing hauls, makeup, that sort of thing. And I also had some um, book and movie and show kind of videos in there as well. And I was liking it, but... I loved doing the book videos and talking about horror movies and stuff like that. And I was starting to meet people in the community and stuff like that. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to make this channel fully about horror books, horror movies, talking about my favorite um, shows that I used to grow up with and stuff like that. And then by extension, talking about the nostalgic horror, because when I was growing up, Christopher Pike was my guy. I loved Christopher Pike. I remember I, I was in sixth grade and we had a book fair at school and Christopher Pike's Witch was my first book that I found kind of in the, that nostalgic horror kind of group. And I fell in love with it. And mm. then I moved on to the Fear Street and, and you know, all of the others. And I had been watching channels like Cameron Chaney's Library Macabre and a couple of the other ones that do nostalgic horror and I was just like this this is for me this is absolutely where I want to be it's what I want to talk about I was getting really excited about it and then like the other lady said like this horror community is just fantastic like whether you're into books or movies or whatever this is a great community so that's kind of where I got started and just absolutely love it that's freaking awesome. cool you know <laughs> I have to say, so I'm just, I'm just, I've just been invited to this party because, <laughs> because for a while now, um, and we were kind of talking before we started the show, but for a while now, you've been following um, uh, these three ladies, girls, what should I call? I don't know what to call it. Creators. <laughs> <laughs> their their um their channels and social media and i've just been invi invited to this party and the one that i i will say before we we get rolling talking about nostalgia is it never ceases to amaze me how how um how when you start something i think and see that's the thing you know people are are sometimes so not afraid but hesitant to start something and let it be what it is right because if because there's an evolution evolution into everything that that creators create because once you start creating something kind of like ty you you probably know all too well more than anybody because as when you start because you know we were talking about your art right your sculptors your sculpt sculptures and um because 
your very first sculpture, you're you're like, oh man, that's amazing. I'm gonna show everybody, right? Is that or no? You're like, oh wow, I'm never showing anybody that thing. It's kind of like how 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 we we started our our uh, podcast, Eric. Mm-hmm. We started it on YouTube, and you know, we were it was just me and you talking, right? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> how it first started. You know, then we. Oh God, vid.me. Those that that month when that web page existed. I know, I know. But but now look, I mean, we're we've gotten pretty good at what we're doing. And obviously as podcasters, but filmmakers, um uh everybody. There's an evolution. And I think people I guess what I'm trying to say is you have to start somewhere and don't be afraid to start. Because because if you start it and it's your passion it will grow and metamorphose into who you really are as a person and i think that's really cool because because when we put out as a as a creator as a creative types really it's just who we are it's just like mag magnified right um so just listening kelsey and ty and elizabeth to you guys talk um about the evolution of how you guys started your your creative life and where you are today i just think it's fascinating that's all and i just want to say (laughs) congratulations to all of you on starting you know it takes a lot of courage to take that first step like i will always say this there are filmmakers way more talented than me then I could never come close to, but they're too scared to take that first step. I'm stupid. I don't understand my limitations. So I always take a first step. And it's really great that y'all, the three of you were just like, you know what? I don't care. I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, let's start again from Kels down till the end. Was there any fear in, you know, diving into doing this? Oh. There's always a sort of, you know, trepidation before you start anything new, but I just felt like I had worked at a TV station at the time as like an associate producer and I wasn't an editor then, but I said, okay, well, I just need to teach myself how to edit and I could make my own wrestling YouTube channel. You know, let me just see how I could do this. One of my friends at the TV station was like, let's just get you a copy of Final Cut Pro and we'll play around on it. So I was really more excited than anything else. And I actually, like the first time I used it, I was like, oh my God, like this is great. <laughs> like, like I just got the hang of editing right away. I was like, I really nice. like this. Yeah. And now I'm a classic over editor to where like, I will not have a cut showing, but most booktubers are cool with cuts showing, which I was like, okay, booktube's cool with cuts showing. Maybe I'll just show yeah. cuts now that I'm into booktube versus wrestling, you know, YouTube. No, I still cover my cuts. Like the TV person in me is like, I cannot show yeah. cuts, but that, I'm, that, I'm obsessed with editing. <laughs> that is like the oddest thing because now everything's just like a jump cut. I don't oh, mind right. jump cuts with booktube. It's just that like, I personally can't, like I can't let Not myself a, do yeah. it yeah. from like working yeah. in TV. Yeah. But yeah. I just found it funny that like, I learned how to edit, not at my job. I learned it for YouTube. And then after that, I actually started to um, get assigned as the assistant editor for one of our <clears throat> national cooking shows. So wow, it led dude. to like things at my job, mm-hmm. which I'm, it's some of the things in life that I'm the most proud about. It's called the Kevin Belton. Uh, it's called like cooking new Orleans. There's also one called cooking Louisiana. It's all these mm. national shows with Kevin Belton. If you guys uh, have a local PBS station, it airs nationally and I helped work on that show. And so oh. it would have never been possible to help edit on that show if I hadn't decided to make my own YouTube channel and to edit my stuff myself. So that was like, I was scared, but I was more just, you know, eager to get started. And then when I took a break, when I came back and decided to like switch gears, that was when I was more scared. Like, am I going to feel burnt out? Is the same thing going to happen to where like, I'm going to get burned. Like, you know, the community like they won't care. I don't know, yeah. but it just was such a great yeah. experience coming back. That fear was not warranted, but my advice for anyone trying to start something in general, like you guys said, just do it. Like my friend Kat has been like trying to start a book tube. And I told her, I was like, just, you know, the intro and stuff will come. The other, you know, the fancy stuff will come. 
the technical stuff will come. Just do it. Just do it yeah. and be yourself. I really do think that me and Elizabeth were just talking about we love creators who are themselves, who really have like a natural presence, who don't try to force a persona. And I think sometimes people might think that I force a persona because I'm so hyper. In fact, <laughs> I did tell Elizabeth that I was like the Chris Farley of book two. That's awesome. Because I'm like <laughs> all the time. But I swear that's it's really me. Like if you see me vlog or do a live stream, that's how I am the entire time. It's not like a persona. And I think creators should keep that in mind. Just be yourself. And just try to yeah. get comfortable talking to a camera like it's your it's your friend, you know? Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, for me, there really wasn't a lot of fear going into starting my Instagram for like my books. Um I honestly I was the only person at my job who liked horror books, and they were kind of just like they just look at me every time I talk about a book, like I don't know about this girl. Uh, you know, uh, and I was just like, hmm, maybe these people don't want to hear my book reviews, so I should just make an account and other people want to hear it. Um, but for my art page and like my art business, yes, there's definitely a lot of fear because when you're creating something, it's like, like you said, it's a magnified part of yourself in a way, but also it's like putting yourself through a funnel. I feel like, like yeah. channeling yourself into this single product and you take it very personally when it doesn't get noticed or it's yeah. not successful. Yeah. Um, and I would say my, my horror book account has helped me tremendously with that. Like I'm already comfortable with this group of people. I feel confident mm -hmm. that there's a bit of overlap in the media. I can show my products in a way that aligns with what I also want to show book wise. Um, so it's just kind of created a really good balance for me. And there's really no fear there. I think what I have is really cool. And I think all the people following me think it's cool. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. collectors just want to see other cool collector stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so it there's really no fear there for me anymore. Let's talk about your art for a minute because yeah. I'm I'm super fascinated. What kind of what kind of art do you do? And and when obviously the link will be in the description, but um tell us like, you know, a little bit about your uh what what the name is obviously and the type of art. Yeah, so my business name is Oddities and Anomalies. Kind of a mouthful. Um I really didn't want to like restrict myself with my business because that's just not how I work. I need to be able to do a lot of different mediums. I need to just do passion projects. Um, so I really just focused around like gothic horror, um, creepy. I'm actually working on a line of Goosebumps figures right now, um, but I actually only just recently yeah, ooh, you, you popped up there for that one. <laughs> yeah. I only just recently found my niche, though. Um, and I would say there was, like, that frustration there of just not knowing, like, what am I doing? Like, this isn't clicking with anyone. This isn't clicking with me. And then all of a sudden, it did click. And I just put out um, my abandoned toy collection. And, like, those are clay figures, clay sculptures, Um themed as abandoned toys and so cool. I would draw up a concept sketch and just look at it while I worked and the really fun thing about that series was that I was creating a story for them as I nice. was making them and I actually like did little bios in the so Etsy cool. listings forum yeah I think it's just like bringing to life a concept for me is what where that passion is Yes. And I've always found it to be one of my favorite things that I'm able to do. Oh my God. I'm, I'm looking at it as we speak <laughs> and oh, uh, you're this, you're not, you're not, you're not good at all. You're excellent. Thank you. Those are so cute. I'm looking at Wally. Right now. He actually just sold. It was Margaret. honestly a heartbreak to ship him really? off. Really? I have oh like major god. attachment to him. <laughs> oh my god, my daughter, I got it. Okay. She would love this stuff. Oh my god. You See, that's what I'm talking about. Like the evolution of and especially as a creator, the evolution of thought. 
because it's like, but that's the thing too. And you said it, I think we, we have to trust ourselves enough and the process that, and, and it's kind of like Eric, when we were talking, we talk a lot about writer's block and stuff. And I think the more you push to try to find, you know, what you want to do or where you fit into that that is probably the most frustrating because you're trying to find it instead of instead of like feng shui right like that little that little river that that has a flow to it right yeah i think a lot of the times that push also comes with comparisons because you're looking for inspiration so then it starts being the push can very easily lead into you trying to make stuff for other people and what you think they'll like because if you don't have inspiration yourself you're like well let me just see like what what people like and then that's that's really I think when you can start to doom yourself yes yes I, I I just I I commend you for because I know like, you know, when you do, when, when you edit, when you do all that stuff, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, I can always change it around. But when you put like a piece of art, like your sculpture or, or a painting, right? It, it's, it, that is never going to change because <laughs> when you finish it, it's done. And then somebody comes up and goes, mm, you're like, what, what is wrong with it? What? And it's like, you know, so I just, I commend you. I, the, you, the, I think there's various forms of art, right? Music being one of them. Um, editing, you can always change around. Acting, you can always change. Filmmaking, you can always change. But art, when it's on canvas, that's it. And when it's like a, a sculpture where it's fired up and, you know, all, it's done. And you're like, ta-da. That's like the probably the rawest form yeah. of art. So that's just my thing. But yeah. congratulations, this is great. I love your stuff. OMG. <laughs> Elizabeth, um, same question to you. Uh, honestly, guys, I was bloody terrified <laughs> to start my channel. I really was. So just a little bit of backstory about me personally. Um, I live with mental illness. So mm. part of that is putting myself down over judgment, overthinking everything. And then on top of that, um, I did have a little bit of difficulty with a relation, a previous marriage that I was in that was abusive. And I was constantly being put down for being weird, liking weird things. Um, try to change yourself from being who you are and stuff like that. So I wanted an outlet that I could really kind of try to break out of that and try to find like-minded people that I could talk with. Luckily, I'm not obviously in that marriage anymore. And actually my husband now is extremely supportive. Um, And he was my biggest fan. He totally wanted me to do this, but he thought it was weird because I'm very sheltered. I'm very much an introvert, but I went ahead and did it anyway. And before I put out that first video, I rewatched it and rewatched it and rewatched it. And I pointed out like all of my shortcomings and what I looked like and all of that. But I was like, you know what? To hell with it. I'll do it anyway. Maybe this will be my only video I ever do. Um, And I did it. And I got so many positive comments back on that first video about how people like my style or they liked my makeup or they liked how I talked about things. And it just kind of ballooned from there and like I said like with the kind of community that we're in of course you're going to get the idiots that put bad comments on your stuff but for the most part this has really helped me kind of overcome that kind of self put down and the situation that I was in before and it really helped me kind of break out of that and you know it's just been absolutely amazing but that first video I was terrified to put it out I really was Um, Before we go on, I just want to thank you and talk about how brave and strong you are to be willing to open up about something like that to pretty much, you know, strangers. I sure we're friends, but to put yours to open up like that is such a brave thing. And I 
forget the YouTube stuff right now. I commend you for being who you are, for being a conqueror, not just a survivor. You're a conqueror, you know, in your life. And thank you for sharing that story with us. Thank you. Well, and, and, you know, I'm not private about it anymore because I think if me talking about it kind of gets the attention of one person or it helps one person with their own situation, Mm -hmm. then, you know, that's why I do it. Hey, um, future Eric, put a thing in the beginning of this video telling people that this subject does pop up and remember to put a phone number in for any hotlines that people will need. Okay, I'll remember to do that now. (laughs) Okay, so one thing with me again, getting back to lighting up the mood when it gets back to nostalgia about you know, being is, I'm going to be 41 years old in a couple days. I am. You told me you were 30. I wish, man. (laughs) I wish. So I cling to my early days, like my late teens and early twenties. And whenever I listen to Blink-182, damn it, I'm always going to be 17, no matter what happens. When I watch Dawson's Creek, I'm always going to be, again, well, I'll never forget watching that first episode. I was living in Santa Monica, California with my grandmother, very excited about the show. Now, again, I was a punk kid, well, pop punk. And after I watched that show, I got like pretty preppy dressing for a very long time. (laughs) Um, So what does it do for you all? It's going to be interesting for Ty's answer because I'm thinking we're not in the same age demographic. But <laughs> when you go back to that, is it like Kelsey? Is it like hopping into a TARDIS or a DeLorean and going back and remember? Not to me, it's not even about the book or the Simpsons episode, it's about who I was and what I was doing when yeah. I watched it. Um, so is, do you get that feeling too when you're looking back at stuff? Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't feel like I'm hopping into the TARDIS and going back because I feel like I've always like kept myself in this nostalgic state of yeah. mind. Like my life is, is nostalgia. Yeah. Like, every part of my life is kind of filled with that. And I think it's because, to touch on what you said, I think it reminds me of a simpler time in life, a time where things were, you know, easy and fun and, you know, just so many joyous things and not a lot of problems and not a lot of heavy stuff. And Did you watch heavy. the music video I sent on the group chat? I didn't watch it yet. Okay, no, check it out. I had to run an errand, but oh, okay. I'll have to watch it after. But um, I just, I really love, you know, having that feeling of, still enjoying the things I enjoyed back then. It just kind of reminds me of when I was a kid and when things were awesome and not to get heavy again, but Elizabeth's, you know, story is so powerful. But I also think that a lot of creators can relate to what she says because I feel like a lot of creators have some kind of anxiety or because I have anxiety too. And so to me, it's like remembering a time when I wasn't as anxious as now. I mean, I was anxious as a kid, actually. I was not as anxious as now. So I just think that her story is even more relatable because I just feel like creative people sometimes have a tendency, not all, but some have a tendency to be anxious and stuff. Um, Just some creators tend to have that trait. And I don't know why, if it's like a gene or something, but I think that's why nostalgia is so, I guess, appealing in a way, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a nice, relaxing throwback. In fact, in April, I spent the whole month just watching old school things because I hosted this event called Old School April. And it literally gave me an excuse to just read and watch everything that was nostalgic. Like I watched nothing new. I read nothing new, (laughs) but it was like joyful. It was like, this is the greatest, just because it felt like I was revisiting a wonderful time. You, you You know what I call old school April? every day of my life was yeah, what I yeah. Yeah. I, I have a question April uh, Kelsey oh my god <laughs> I have a question so since and this is this may sound weird this may not be but reliving the whole month of April in a nostalgic period what's it like 
uh, like have you like started like obviously getting back into to the now but i mean there was a different it was a different time it was definitely different everything was different obviously that was before the internet um social media for sure i think the internet was just starting to kind of happen but not what it is now um you could still go out and you can still find things that you like not what the artificial intelligence wants you to like and stuff but um what's that like like because i know for me when when i watch stuff like in the not from the 90s it was so much the the stories were simpler things were so simple now today is so heavy and i don't know I maybe I don't know why it's so heavy. It just is. Maybe it's just everybody's sensibilities. Um, but uh, but yeah, what's that like for you? Well, I just thought it was fun to revisit all these old shows because what sticks out when you watch a lot of old shows in like a heavy concentration is the originality of yeah. stuff that was going on in the '90s. Like if you yeah. even look at just something like 90s Nickelodeon, the cartoons to me were revolutionary back then. Like you talk about Rocco's Modern Life, the way it was drawn, the things it was saying, you talk about Ren and Stimpy, you know, one of the grosser shows, but my dad watched that with me. That was cool. Even like apart from Nickelodeon. So let's even examine something that was late 80s, early 90s, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like that was cool. Like there's a book about it um, where it examines uh, the kind of atmosphere that the show created. Like it was popular with college age kids. Yeah. Like what the hell? Well, it was just so different and creative. But if you were a kid liking Pee Wee's Playhouse, then it also was just a different kind of kids show, in my opinion. So so watching in a concentrated time, it's like you see all of that and it's very apparent. But honestly, I watch old school stuff all the time. It's not just April. Just April, I made it to where like I couldn't watch anything new. Anything else, yeah. But uh, by the way, before I forget, Dawson's Creek rules. I love Dawson's Creek. Okay. I'm a huge Dawson's Creek (laughs) fan and I wanted to be a director like Dawson, just like Um, you, Eric. So Dawson's Creek for life. Usually when we do Smells Like Teen Horror, he's not technically my little brother, but he is Dylan Tillman, a.k.a. Slasher Movie Reviews. Talk about evolution. We were talking one day and this is a joke. I said, you know, we could do an episode of Smells Like Teen Horror tonight. Or I could read you some Gilmore Girls Dawson's Creek fan fiction. <laughs> then I joked, is that a thing? I Googled it. It's a, thing. a thing. I thing. read it and I cried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a fan fiction for everything now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ty, I'm interested in knowing your thoughts on 90s nostalgic stuff, you know, because, you know, let's hear about it. Well, I like to say I'm an honorary 90s kid. I grew up with two older sisters. Um, We were all seven years apart. So like, you know, being the youngest, I basically got whatever they liked, I was watching with them. So I got exposed to a lot of it, but I definitely didn't get the aspect of like the TV shows or, um, you know, my family moved around a lot. So it wasn't like the school life of the nineties. I don't have any of that, but, um, I am more of an eighties girl myself. I think I'm kind of delusional at this point. I just surround myself with nostalgic media so I can pretend like it's not 2022. Um, that's kind of the goal. Just accumulate more eighties junk so that I can continue to live my life delusional. Well, you know, later this year, there's a movie coming out that you might really like called Hillsborough Road. The director's a jerk. The cinematographer's a great guy, but you might be getting a copy of the DVD pretty soon. Oh, all of you, actually. Oh, really? That sounds <laughs> yeah. exciting. Um, Elizabeth, so wait, so would you, it's like when you said you feel like an honorary, I immediately thought about the scene in Attack of the Clones when Anakin wanted to join the Jedi Council, but they told him, we will give you a seat, but you are not part of the Council. (laughs) Um, Elizabeth, same question. Yeah, so, you know, I have to agree that things these days are just they're a lot heavier just with with society and everything, but also like, I'm gonna be 40 this year. Like, does that mean I have to be an adult now? Like, that's no, crazy. no, turn around. No, no, start, start going in reverse. 
<laughs> so yeah, it when I watch these things or I read them, it definitely brings me back to the time of, you know, if you wanted to hang out with a friend, you hopped on your bike and went over and knocked on the door, yeah. right? You would stay out until the, the streetlights came on. And that was absolutely how we lived back then. Yes. It, it just was, right? So it yeah. really does transport me back to that time. And I got to tell you, like, I loved my childhood. Like, I grew up in a haunted Victorian, which, so like... I loved that house. I had a great kid's life. I hung out in the cemetery across the street. So it was just <laughs> amazing. So I think I grasp on to anything possible that will take me back to that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, it's weird because when you do start thinking about it and, and I've come to the realization that when, where you were 10, 15, even, you know, 20 years ago. And, you know, there's always, I don't know about you guys, but it was like, man, you know, this, this is not where I want to be. I want to be, and you fill in the blank and, and you look back 10, 15 years ahead and you look back and you go, man, those were some of the best times of my life. And, and I think, and, and actually, Eric, I, I really, and, girls i i i think that w where particularly i am like i have that vast knowledge <laughs> and and i'm able to look back and go man being being where i am now as opposed to being back then and all the things that that i had done cuz i was living in california and la and growing up pretty much in la and yeah. Those were, those were some, you know, I mean, when we were there, we we're like, oh man, if, if we only fill in the blank, right. If we only had more money, if we only had this and that, but yet we were staying up till three, four in the morning <laughs> and hanging out and talking about movies and stuff, flash forward to now. And like, this is like the time, like of our lives. I think that we should be like, you know what? no matter where I'm going, it's, it's where I am right now. And that's like the best part of this journey. Cause 20 years from here, I'll be looking back and go, man, remember when, right. And I think that's like the best part of nostalgia. I think for me, you know, yeah. Um, um, quick so yeah. Question. If someone would have told you 20 years ago, we'd still be hanging out. What would you have said? Uh, hang on, my cell phone's ringing. I got to get that. Yeah, I, that that would be the weirdest thing ever. And but you know what? And and obviously, um, this is weird that we're going to talk about this. But like when when you moved, when I moved, and you know, and I mean, it it was just in two thousand and sixteen where we when, reconnected. Yeah, yeah, when we reconnected, and we hadn't talked. Oh gosh, for seven years we I were think? both so busy in la you were yeah. doing your acting i was mm -hmm. doing your thing whatever and... it was i was doing i don't remember at the time but you know all of you hit something on the head that's been on my heart a lot recently is how serious and heavy heavy there's that word again is there something heavy. wrong with the earth's gravitational <laughs> pull in the future <laughs> um <laughs> It's like all now I dig all the TV shows right now. I mean, because of Breaking Bad, I always have a Halloween costume. I just got to grow a goatee. But <laughs> I enjoy the simpleness of 90s TV shows like the the pilot me and you are working on um, Human Interest. That's a so that would have played right next to touch by an angel oh yeah in 98 um, oh yeah what are your thoughts right now on the like movies and ever now i dig the current stuff you know i've seen the new scream movie in theaters once now over 10 times so i dig the new stuff but i miss the fun and innocence especially in kids shows 
that we don't have now? Like, how do you, what are your thoughts on that, everybody? Well, I actually, I don't really like a lot of new stuff very much, to be honest with you. There's some good stuff here and there, but, um, you know, I feel like a lot of movies, they're either remakes or like the billion sequel or, you know, they're trying to capture the nostalgia with the movies. So I just feel like the 90s, the 80s, even the 70s, you've got a lot more originality, in my opinion. Even when you talk mm. about like the shows and the innocence, there is innocence, but there's actually like a level of maturity. Yeah. Like if you look at Ren and Stimpy, if you look at Rocco, even if you look at Rugrats, there are these like hidden like little jokes that make it a little bit more. And even when you're talking about like, let's get away from kids movies and stuff too. Like if you're talking about horror, there's a lot of original stuff there too. I like a lot of new horror here and there, but in terms of like dramas and stuff, like there was just so much better dramas. In my opinion, it's cool if we all disagree, but in my opinion, back in the day, I mean, in, in regards to TV, like Seinfeld, ugh. Oh. Yeah. One of the greatest sitcoms of all time, Buffy the yes. Vampire Slayer. I know Elizabeth knows what I'm talking about there. It's just like stuff, in my opinion, that were revolutionary, that had bigger meaning that you could like analyze and break down. And then when I watch some of the shows that my boyfriend is watching on TV, I'm like, this is garbage. <laughs> just because yeah. it's like new and it's just like right. random like dramas. Uh, but I'm not saying everything's like that. Like newer shows like Breaking Bad, even though it's gone now and it's been gone for a few years. I freaking loved Breaking Bad. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's so well made. And obviously, and Walter are going to be in the last few episodes of Better Call Saul. Yeah, I like Better Call Saul as well. So it's not like there's no TV I like now, but I'm just saying, like, I do think that there's a lot of originality and that's what's appealing as well to me. Um, but not just movies, like old school horror books, I enjoy a lot too. And I know Shady Side Public Library can agree. And I know for sure Elizabeth agrees. Like another thing about wanting to go back to old school books is that I'm a newer reader. So I kind of missed out on reading for a long time. But um, because of Paperbacks from Hell by Grady Hendrix, who Such also wrote, yes, who also wrote the book that Ty mentioned, My Best Friend's Exorcism, which was one of the first horror books that I read when I learned I like to read. Um, and it's wonderful. I agree with her. But him writing Paperbacks from Hell really just opened up a whole new world of books for me. It made me realize old school books are also fun and zany yeah. and have the mm. most amazing covers. So I'm not just trying to be like, I just only like old things that are old. It's just that there's a certain something about them that I can't just, you know, I can't describe fully, but it's there. It's something special. You know, I have a, I have a quick question, Eric, and probably Ty, this is for you too. And, and even Elizabeth, you is when you, so, okay. Full disclosure, I'm not a big reader, <laughs> but um, when you read books from like, you know, not this decade, right? When you're reading like the 80s and 90s, does it, is it different than the writing and, and the books today? And obviously you, you have, you have your epic books, right? Your Stephen King, your Anne Rice. And, and I only say those because I know they make movies out of those books. But, <laughs> but but when you read it now with the sensibility of where we are culturally and everything, does it read different? Does that make sense at all to I'm anybody? Go first. The only current horror book that I've read is Clown in the Cornfield. Other than that, I only read stuff from the 90s really okay yeah all right uh what about yeah ty yeah so it's a weird analogy but like newer horror feels a lot more like chewed up and like yeah. i don't know it's a lot easier to digest because it feels pre-processed for me like it's it's an easier read um a lot of older horror will have a bit of homework behind it if i want to understand the mindset really? that the characters are in yeah i mean I just read The Shining and I've been known to badmouth Stephen King a lot. I'm finding a new appreciation for him now that I'm reading Pet Cemetery. <laughs> but I've been known to badmouth him because the fluff, there's so much filler in there. That is the culture from when that book was written. And if you're reading it now, I feel like that can lead to a lot of disconnect for some people. Wow. So I feel like it's not as easier to 
put yourself in that story. You really have to try. Okay. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth? Uh, you know what? If if we're talking about things that are like, you know, the culture that we're living in now versus the culture that we were living in back then, I read, and I can't remember which one it was, but I reread a Christopher Pike last year. And <laughs> a lot of those old books, there are old prejudices mm -hmm. in there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was reading this book and I actually burst out laughing, not because the situation was funny. It was horrible. It was very sexist. But I burst out laughing because I couldn't believe that it was in that book. But I mean, the book was written in like 1993. So I, I grew up during that time. I knew that absolutely those prejudices were still there. So yeah. a lot of them, like, like with that, they don't age very well with, you know, acceptance of LGBT or women's rights or, or stuff like that. these days. Yeah. 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 And what about you, Kelsey? I mean, I do like newer horror a lot too. I don't just like vintage horror, but I like the zaniness and ridiculousness. And there is that, uh, there's always going to be something that is not socially acceptable to, like you know today right, in an older right. horror book so I know that yeah. going in so I'm always prepared for that when it pops up but I do agree with what Ty said that sometimes you've got to do some work and a lot of older horror it seems to uh be a common factor that a lot of them are slower burns they, they mm -hmm. take their time getting there sometimes not all the time not every single book but I, I like older horror and I like newer horror but they're very different older horror it's more about the funniness and the zaniness right. and like this is wild this is ridiculous but yeah. sometimes there's some really good older gems that I'm glad to be discovering now so I'm really happy just to to be able to you know kind of dip into the older stuff as well as the newer stuff and it gives me like a good pool uh, to yeah. uh, dive into. It's just fun. That's cool. That's cool. That's fair. And, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, I think now, and you guys made the, everybody listen to this, maybe be like, oh, God. I, you, you have to look at the time frame when you talk. It, it, obviously, nostalgia is one thing, but it's like, Elizabeth, what, like what you said, the 90s music, the 90s TV shows, it's not, it's not where we have evolved to these days right and i think because of the cancel culture because of all of our culture i think it's kind of ruining the creative process for a lot of people maybe maybe not maybe not creative people that just started 10 years ago but you look at like say oh i don't know any comedian that that was you know in the 90s you know and and I think with any creative outlet, there is there there has to be an evolutionary process. But again, when you talk about nostalgia, it feels like we're we're almost kind of going back to the early two thousands right now because we were kind of at like maybe like the eighties, and then because I look at it as like the dress, like how everybody dresses, right? All the kids 10 years ago were maybe not 10 years ago, but they were dressing like the 80s. Then they were the 90s. And now the, the early 2000s are coming back. And and I I probably I raised a daughter. Right. So I may be not the the majority because I raised my daughter as like a strong young lady that she can do anything and in the world really is, that that's possible and she is she's doing great my god um um so and I I and Eric you and I have talked about this a lot and it's 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 kind of sad in a way nobody no one's gonna want about. the robot pizza oven Larry right <laughs> It, it it it's sad in a way that nobody gets to talk and i think this is a big thing too because it doesn't just just take on a creative spin it takes on a personal spin and maybe that's where everybody's kind of going wrong because they're afraid of being canceled because they don't want to say the wrong thing they don't want to be the wrong thing they don't want to do the wrong thing and i think number one that sucks as as a human being because i think and it's just like every one of us on 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 the show today each one of us is very different each one of us is very unique and each one of us i'm i'm watching you guys talk and i'm like oh my god 
it just it brings back a lot of stuff I'm, I'm again i'm not a reader right and i don't do i don't do any kind of art or you know but i know what books are i know what art is i know how hard it is to try to do a video or to try to get your right light for a selfie and you don't like it and you try to you erase it 10 15 times right but it i think everybody has to forgive each other they have to start because if if nobody forgives anybody then how can we as people accept and forgive ourselves for who we are and who we really want to be oh man sorry i just brought the level down <laughs> but but it, but it sticks as a as a creator because when it gets in your head and you do all that stuff i just i don't know maybe it's just me that continue um i would almost say that the accountability, not just like cancel culture, but yeah. it's called it's accountability forces more creativity out of people because we're not falling back on dated ideas. We're not falling back on dated prejudices. We're not falling back on those dated jokes. We've heard people make a million times over. Mm -hmm. And I feel like these new this new era of accountability is forcing people to grow. And I think that's something really important for a lot of people because a lot of people kind of get stuck in the same mindset. And as we can see in media, a lot of people don't want to change. And mm -hmm. I think the people who don't want to change are the ones who need to change the most. We all yeah. need to be in a constant state of growth. Yeah. yeah. It's like that river. It's like the feng shui, man. It, it doesn't want to stop. It does. It wants to keep flowing. And that's the creative. That's our life. Our life is, is always changing. It's ever flowing. And either, either you get stopped up <laughs> or you keep flowing and you grow. And I think that's like one of the, the best things about like listening to you guys. Cause, uh, I should start reading more cause it sounds so fun. <laughs> okay. So the get the last topic I want to talk about is as collectors, we all have our white whales. When it comes to, I collect a lot of VHS tapes. If you watch my YouTube channel, yes, he does. My white whale was Cherry Falls on VHS. It's really rare, hard to find. It's great movie. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's a screener copy, which is what they would send to video stores to see if they want to pick it up. It took me forever to find it, and when I did. Oh, I can't explain the joy. <laughs> now I'm in my book, Holy Grail phase. I'm going to give mine. Then I want to know everybody else's. And mine is such a basic vanilla one when it comes to collectors. And it's Fear Street Seniors. My dream is to go to a used bookstore and to find all of them. Because, I mean, okay, if I could burn... <laughs> a couple hundred dollars without thinking about it, I would spend the $300 on the Fear Street Senior book. So what is your guys, your all's holy grail of collecting, starting with Kelsey? Well, I've got, I've got a lot of stuff I like to collect. So that's part of the book problem. Book-wise, what's your holy grail? Uh, Book-wise, I... The first thing that comes to mind is Joyride by, I think it's Stephen Cry, or I can't remember his last name, but it's a notorious slasher book. It's like supposed to be a really great slasher book. It's old school, you know, nothing overly great about the cover itself, because a lot of times I'll collect 80s horror books for the covers, but the story is apparently really good and I want to read it, but it's like hundred and something bucks online. I've never seen it at a used bookstore. And also another rare one is Cold Front by Barry Hammond, I believe. I can't remember if that's right either, but I think it's right. And this is just off the top of my head, but yeah. um, Cold Front is also really hard to find. Like my friend Cameron, Elizabeth knows Cameron too. He hasn't even found it. So if you know that Cameron oh, hasn't found it, it's, it's freaking hard findable. to find. So yes, uh, I wish I could find that one. And actually, I was just going to look at uh, at Ty's Instagram feed because she just posted <laughs> a whole bunch of like really cool covers. Like she posted <laughs> Deadly Harvest. Like that cover is so cool. Demonic Color. I would love that one as well. Like you're just, you could go through a whole list of amazing looking old school 
paperbacks from hell covers they're incredible <laughs> in terms of just the art and stuff but yeah ty has got some cool ones on her instagram feed so you go ahead um for me i just kind of want them all um i got rid of all of my fear street and my goosebumps when i was a kid i, I must have been like 10 maybe nine and i just decided I have to, I have to go through things. I got it. I'm too old for these now. And like now I'm 22 and I'm like, Oh my God, I was so stupid. So it's just been a collection process for me to get that back. Um, one that I'm most proud of is I showed you my tattered version of yeah. beach house. That's got like tape holding it together. I found a pristine oh. new copy. So this is one I'm like really proud to have, but Another one is my book club edition of Pet Cemetery. It's really hard to find that original cover. Yeah. I've got a hard cover with Stephen King's um, sick, like signature autograph Ooh. embossed into it. So I'm pretty proud of that one. That's cool. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth? Um, so my answer, I think, would have to be a two-parter. So, you know, all of the novelizations of those classic films like Halloween, um, Child's yeah. Play, Friday the 13th, the novelizations of those are astronomically expensive when yeah. you look for them on eBay. I mean, like you Ooh. said, Eric, if I had a few hundred bucks to spend, like, you know, I didn't have anywhere else to put it, then I could just go on eBay and find it. But to find those out in the wild would be amazing. But I think my absolute favorite story is the Amityville story, not just the haunting, but the debate about it right back to the murders the DeFeo murders uh, I love the story um, and I think to have first editions of all of the Amityville books awesome. would be like a dream that's, that's so cool. cool so I'm about an hour away from Amityville I live in New Jersey Oh and wow! Me you should go, Eric. Me and Larry, what our friend um, Heather have a podcast called Something About the Unknown, mm -hmm. and I said on the show one day, my dream is to buy the Amityville house and turn <laughs> it into a bed and breakfast, <laughs> and I would have ghost hunters come in on the weekend, and just you know, I would make <laughs> so much money doing that, I wouldn't have to do anything else ever again. But no, eventually I am going to do a vlog because there's some creepy stuff in my neighborhood that I want to start vlogging about. Like there's this little league field not far from Cemetery, where I live. Cemetery, right, yeah. And right, you know when people say it's right next door or right across and it's really three blocks away? <laughs> this, it's like, here's the baseball field, little league field. Here's a cemetery where it's so old the tombstones are falling back into the ground. Man, so what, so you could hit it. So you could hit a foul ball, and it go into the no, because it's behind you. It's behind, like it's to the left of home plate oh, okay. and everything. Okay. okay. Well, right. everyone, this has been an absolute pleasure to have you all on, and let's not make this a one-time thing. You know, let's yeah. make this. Saturday afternoon society a thing you know we'll pick something maybe a movie to watch and then we'll all get back together like once every other month and make this a thing um everybody's links will be in the description of this video I'm gonna also put it on the smells like teen horror and on the something something podcast account well again thank you all so much for everything um yeah, and like we say each and every week on here, everybody, remember, support our troops.